When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the series characters and universes behind some of our favorite games. I'm Caleb Ferentz. And I am Bruce Walton. Welcome, party people. Yep, and we are talking more about the Overwatch universe in its insane amount of depth. Yes, we are, and we're talking about my man, the thriller, the successor, the greatest, Doomfist. Doomfist is fantastic, and this is another member of Sombra's organization, Talon. Yeah, we're which, just going to be evil, I guess, our just, first few episodes, huh? Honestly, Talon does have some of the most interesting and complicated characters in the series. Ooh, suck it, goody goodies. Doomfist is really interesting in the Overwatch lore because of so many things. Just yeah. so many things. So, so I don't know where things. we start. Like but... let let's start. Oh. Let's start. Let's start with the beginning. Let us go back. That's to where. The beginning. And I will. I will. I will let Bruce go on about this because this is Bruce's thing. So okay. First of all, just to kind of preface this, I love Doomfist. I love who he is. I love how he talks, how he acts, his philosophies. He's just an amazing character. I love to watch him interact with people. He's just great. But on top of that, I, as a black person, love representation when I see it. And like Doomfist is just this huge, giant, buff black dude with a giant arm and he just punches people. It's just great. It's just amazing. He is... Uh, uh, other thing is that I am a Doomfist main. I have the golden Doomfist. 1v1 me, I am the at least probably, I don't know, best Doomfist in the area. Yeah, those are big words. I'm going to say it. I'm the Tracer main, and the thing is, I really like fighting Doomfist. Oh, I love fighting Tracers. He, he, has, he has really long wind-up attacks, and uh, just like I bound Sombra's sprays to her scroll wheel, I bound Tracer's too slow voice line ah. to the scroll wheel. Oh. So I really love to watch a oh, Doomfist wind up his thing, <laughs> blink out of the way, and then just yell, too slow! Now, you see, I'm a Tracer hunter as a Doomfist, and like I was just like attacking this Tracer. She like zooms off, blinks. I know where she is going to end up. I wind up, and as soon as she blinks back, I completely put her through a wall. It's uh, just amazing. Like it's like killing a fly, and it's just so satisfying. Like it, I think the the really cool thing, and just about, and we talked about this briefly when we were talking about um, Sombra last week too. Um, is uh, his mannerisms, the way he carries himself, like, the way he uh, attacks. Yeah, just the Overwatch does a fantastic job with just like making just their mannerisms, their movements, their voice just feel impactful. Yes. And and there's just Overwatch has always been more about its characters than about its story and Doomfist is a fantastic character. Yeah. Let's go with the man, the myth, the successor, Doomfist. His original name is Akande Ogundimu. 
Uh, he is Nigerian. And actually, I uh, was able to at least trace my lineage back to Nigeria as well. So I also connect a lot with Doomfist. And he actually grew up as a child of a wealthy family. Before, during, and after the Omnic Crisis, there was a huge surge in the technological and economic boom in Africa. And he was part of a family that uh, specialized in prosthetics. He was a great savvy business person, he was well-educated, and he loved fighting. He was a great martial artist and he fought in many tournaments. But then when the Omnic Crisis came about, uh, he lost a very significant part of his body, uh, His, uh, I believe both his arms. Um, don't know exactly the specifics of what all he lost, but he lost a lot of it. Thankfully, because he is the child heir to a huge prosthetics company, he was able to be fitted with uh, some of the most advanced technology to basically be himself. Unfortunately, um, that kind of barred him from being able to participate in martial arts tournaments because he would be kind of unfairly performing at a much, much uh, higher rate. After that, he was kind of aimless. He didn't know exactly what to do. That is when he met the scourge uh doomfist his name is um uh and i'm gonna butcher this i just know akande's name pronunciation but this is akinjide adeyemi um and he's the scourge the doomfist moniker has been around since before our doomfist in the game uh it is first known by the savior who is known as adhabu ingubi ingumi and then uh, the savior is a doomfist who like first had it um, and he was like an actual hero. He saved people and the fist uh, was kind of just this very, just kind of not like a brass knuckles thing, but it was definitely not in the way that we see it um, now, but uh, it kind of evolved and with it, the, the person who wielded that moniker. Uh, it is unknown exactly the transfer or the adoption of the name by the scourge, but he took it up as the moniker of Doomfist uh, and who was sort of basically a mercenary and worked with Talon. As we talked to uh, you guys before, Talon is just a uh, terrorist organization that's kind of, uh, it has sort of kind of not clear ulterior motives, but right now it's just sort of, uh, let's just say world domination in, uh, in a sense. Would you say I that, think, Caleb? I've honestly got the impression that Doomfist's worldview in general is largely what Talon's goal is. Yes, so we will talk about that, yeah. definitely. After he was just kind of aimless, he found the Scourge, Doomfist, uh, who kind of took him under his wing, and through it he was able to find kind of a thrill of being able to fight again, and it kind of excited him. But he, he was still this, like, savvy businessman, and he actually proved himself much more to be deserving of the title of Doomfist, and in a very just dramatic way he basically killed the scourge and took the doomfist name uh as himself as the successor and i think that's amazing to see just like this name and identity of this generational hero turned villain then to just this villain who killed his mentor uh in a way and it's just it, it it's very powerful and what his uh his motto or his mantra his philosophy in the world is that through conflict humanity evolves to newer and greater heights it's sort of like a social darwinism thing but in more of the sense that in his mind it is not something that should be naturally achieved but in any facet of your life 
conflict must be brought so you can be able to go through a baptism of fire to come out stronger on the other side. So he was part of Talon and we see in his sort of introduction animation, he was sort of attacking Numbani, which is like this really technological, omnic human uh, city that's very integrated. He was attacking it. Uh, Overwatch sent out some of its uh, best operatives. We uh, will know them as Tracer, Winston, and Genji. Unfortunately, Winston put out Primal Rage and he uh, was unfortunately defeated. Well, okay, fortunately defeated. He is a terrorist. I'm sorry. I just really like his character, but I would not like to meet him in person. And he was put in a maximum security prison. Now we move forward to present day in the Overwatch timeline where all the things that were playing and take place. And he breaks out of prison uh, with the help of talent, but also just kind of on his own where he literally punches his way out of his cell like a badass. All right. So that's what. We know about Doomfist. He is now the leader of Talon, and through a comic, uh, it shows that uh, while he was away, Talon kind of was more caring about money, but then he kind of just threw the guy who was doing that off a bridge and is now just sort of running the show again and saying, we need to make more conflict so humanity will get better. Through all of that, I still think that the craziest thing, like, with all that is that it literally all started with a name. The Overwatch developers were writing the intro cinematic and they were trying to think of names for villains. Yeah. In the intro cinematic, we just have like these like two kids going into like a, a future museum um, and they talk about like, oh, look at these, look at these cool stuff. And then there was just this kid who was just like, whoa, look, it's the Doom Fizz. Oh, they said you could level a skyscraper. And you're just like talking about this cool, cool character. And it just had like this golden and black giant metallic fist. And that's all we knew about this throwaway name and we didn't really get back to it and that was the first animation for the entire game and like it was not even talked about even among the characters yeah. as overwatch started coming out and became more popular there was more and more discussion even among the writers about who is this doomfist and that's when they started drawing these concepts and started deciding that he would be a generational character and started fleshing out his backstory but the really interesting thing is similarly to sombra he was released through an arg not quite as elaborate as sombra so Doomfist was this hypothesized and discussed and like a character that had been confirmed by the creators that they were eventually going to introduce him into the game, but they weren't sure how long it was going to be. Oh, yeah. And so the hints got more and more intense. I think the most fascinating one is there was one point that there was just a minor update into the game where the biggest thing that had changed was that the payload that had the Doomfist gauntlet in it was broken and the gauntlet was missing. When that happened, I lost my everything i was just like he's here he's coming everyone stay calm please please everyone stay calm and it was amazing just trying to wait for that but there was i don't know if you experienced this they had to kind of tie us over so they we got orisa just before Doomfist kind of came out who is very connected to Doomfist. yeah which don't the thing is though that like i I was excited for Doomfist, but, like, I was also quite excited for Arisa. Yes. But, like, I, so, just, I just wanted to give Arisa just hugs and kisses all day long. Oh, <laughs> she's a very nice robot lady. But back to Doomfist, it was just this really interesting, just, it wasn't just in the world, because Doomfist's introduction was probably one of the biggest plot developments 
oh, yeah. um, in, in the world to date. But then on top of that, like, it was also one of the biggest feedbacks in the fan base. Like, it was huge when he was finally released. Oh, yes. So, when he was first revealed, is his whole setup, his abilities were very unique in a first-person shooter game like this. For a lot of people in the game, you have a gun or you have, like, you know, a bow and arrow or objects that are projectiles. Yeah. For him, he literally has a giant metal fist, which is his primary weapon. So what I love about Doomfist is the mannerisms. First of all, I watched a very extensive video from uh, Blizzard talking about how they created Doomfist and what the most amazing thing that they said, which I still hold to this day that I love, is that they said they wanted to make a fighting game character in a 3D first-person shooter game. And it's just, when you think about that, I think is really cool because it really is just like he just punches you and like throws you around he's like a fighting game character it's like they put ryu in call of duty like wouldn't that be amazing and like that's what's happening now and it's just like just gotten proof that that would be amazing because it is amazing yeah uh so like i I just it's really cool uh and then what we talked about last time uh in our episode about sombra is that we loved her mannerisms and the way that she dressed herself was very, um, I believe we said, just uh, very vibrant. She flaunted herself. The way she moved was fluid and flashy, and she really did take care of her appearance to make sure that she always looked good, but she didn't care about stealth so much in her passive experience, uh, passive appearance, uh, and instead focused more on just, you know, getting what she wanted to get done, and she could turn invisible. Um, on the other side, Doomfist mannerisms are very deliberate, they're rigid, they're um, very trained, they're disciplined. The way he moves, sure that, uh, you know, he's well-weighted um, and that he was able to, like, counterbalance the way that he walks is, like, with purpose and with a meaning to go somewhere. And Every move that he makes is another one towards victory. Like, exa- what what he has is exactly the opposite of invisibility. Exactly. He like, is very upfront about who he is. He makes himself known. Um, the way that he talks is just very matter-of-fact. He speaks with such authority. It would be difficult to prove him wrong or even to debate him. He's And he's not just some big brute. It's not really the trope that he fits. He's very strong, but and underneath all of that strength is the mind of a tactician, is the mind of a man who is who knows how to run a business, who knows how to fight, who knows how to fight his enemy well and predict their movements to be able to, to use some of their abilities against them. It's not just brute force with him. It's all about being able to use that force to overpower an enemy. Uh, and I just love it. So I also want to talk about his philosophy of con- through conflict we evolve. Mm-hmm. In some ways, he's kind of right and he's also wrong. Because if you fight him, if you try to stop him from destroying stuff and you beat him, he's not going to be mad about it. He's going to be like, good job. And like, you know, applaud you for saying like, yeah, you know what? You got better. You know why? Because you fought me. Or if he beats you and then you're like, oh man, I got to stop him or he's going to, you know, destroy more stuff. Then you come back, you get stronger and you beat him and he'll still be like, yeah, good job. That's what I wanted. And that's the thing. So he's, he's here and he intends to 
like he intends to directly fight the people who yes. put him away, but not because like this is like anger and spite and revenge, but because it's his turn to improve. He's very he's very calculated and deliberate in all of his actions, and it's really amazing to see him kind of interact and talk with people because he's just like he's very cold and calculated in a way that I really do appreciate, and that he's not like Reaper where it's just like very emotional revenge crap like that and he's not like Widowmaker in the sense that um, he's cold and calculated just to be cold and calculated or that I love the thrill of the kill it's not so much that he takes pleasure in destroying things he's happy to be able to bring the better things to him to the top after destroying the weak and it's a very interesting kind of philosophy that I think can definitely be like expanded upon in so many different levels. But one thing I do love is just that it's just something that is great in a game like this yeah. where you just fight all the time. And even, even just the fact that it's in the Overwatch world, the Overwatch is itself a global peacekeeping organization. That means that a hundred times out of a hundred, him and Overwatch will always be at odds. But the other thing is that Overwatch is a product of his philosophy. Through the Omnic Crisis, Overwatch uh, sprung up from the ashes of just the last few vestiges of humanity and their strongholds against this conflict. And he is shaped by the Omnic Crisis in that he is a product of who survived because he was stronger. Everything that he does, everything that he is, everything that he says, he carries that with him. And that I am not here because someone took pity on me or that someone made sure that I was protected. I fought for myself. But in a lot of ways, this is not a philosophy that you need to, <laughs> that you need to actually... Uh, follow. It's not something that I think anyone should really follow. What makes it interesting is that it's not just a villain who's just out to take over the world, have control, or vengeance. He's there because he believes what he's doing is a necessary evil. And I love villains like, like that. And, then, and that's the thing. It's like his worldview and his goals are so clear so straightforward like he isn't a curly mustached like <laughs> yeah he's put tracer onto this railroad track <laughs> yeah like he's not just there for that he but at the same time like he's also very clearly an antagonist because like what overwatch is is very opposed to even though they're a product of his beliefs He's, they're also directly opposed to what oh, he's yeah. trying to accomplish. No, he revels in the fact that he is kind of their foil. And that what I also love is just that I don't, I don't know if he would see himself as the villain, but he definitely wouldn't see himself as the hero. He would believe he is just like, if the world sees me as a villain, so be it. I feel like this is for the greater good of all of humanity so we can be able to advance and uh, make the next leap towards our progress as a species and it's just it, it, it's twisted in a very interesting and tragic way absolutely and so but i could go on and on and i don't know just he's just a great character and i'm never going to stop playing him like and and i'm never going to stop 
attaching pulse bombs to him. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and so we gotta play sometime. Man. Yeah, we we the thing is we play on different consoles. Yeah, it's the only thing. So if if you ever switch to PC, I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll um, settle this. Until then, that is going to wrap it up for this episode. We want to thank you once again for coming in, joining us, being a part of the show. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, men, women, all genders. Love you. All right. You should connect with us on Twitter at lore underscore party. Leave us a re- and leave us a review on iTunes. Um, don't forget to place your bet on when me and Bruce finally do duel each other, which one of us you think is going to win. Put it all on me. All right. And I mean, all on Doomfist. <laughs> yeah, we'll, see. Uh, he, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really nice rocket puncher charging up. Too bad I'm seven feet to the right. Oh, we'll see. Maybe <laughs> I knew that. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. See you later. Bye.